Friday, October 4th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 5 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me as always is Jared Smola, and this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool, which is available now on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, covering cash and GPP contests. You will also find our next set of lineups for the Shark Duel, where I entered my only lineup that won any money last weekend with Austin Eckler. Leonard Fournette as my key difference makers. They helped dud turns by Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Sammy Watkins again. I am glad to not have Sammy Watkins to choose from this week. Jared, any takeaways for you from week four? I mean, you just made a better lineup than me. It was We had a lot of overlap. Um, so it was just uh, you know three three player differences. I had Marlon Mack, on Johnson, Evan Ingram. You had Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Delaney Walker. I honestly got scared off of Austin Eckler with the Melvin Gordon stuff, which, you know, in hindsight was stupid. Yeah. I, I told somebody who was asking me before the game about who to play a running back. And I was like, I don't know if we should believe that they're only going to play Melvin Gordon in emergencies. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, the guy didn't play him, but <laughs> it's, it, it was, it was tough. You can find our next set of lineups on DraftSharks.com as of Saturday morning. We'll both be back at it. We will have those posted. Maybe this week I'll even have them posted by Saturday morning, but it'll depend on what you know the kids have going on. For now, though, I'm going to get us started with a cash QB. Actually, no, Jared, I'm going to let you start it off because my, my picks kind of blend together at that position. So what do you have for a cash quarterback? My picks blend together, too. I was hoping you'd just take one of these guys. I think Tom Brady at 7,600, Matt Ryan 7,700, Carson Wentz 7,800. I think they're all, they're all pretty similar. I'd probably put Ryan third just you know in the tougher matchup against uh, Houston, you know, a team elite, at least with a good pass rush. So I guess Brady or Carson Wentz. Brady's the cheapest, 7,600, so I guess I would start with him. Um, and then if you have a couple hundred extra bucks I would probably go up to Carson Wentz I'm in the exact same range but instead of Matt Ryan I got Jameis Winston at 7600 I don't disagree with with Matt Ryan being in the mix there either all these guys are in positive matchups all have delivered fantasy numbers for us this year all of the three quarterbacks I have down are outside the top six in projected ownership among quarterbacks in case that's a factor for Mm -hmm. you they all have multiple stacking options you know Matt Ryan of course has the easy stacking option with Julio Jones And I I think there's enough upside, including Matt Ryan even, I think there's enough upside for all of the quarterbacks that you could even consider stacking a pair of players with them uh, if you want to differentiate further in a tournament lineup. Oh yeah, I I like the idea of stacking up that Texans-Falcons game and you could use, you know, two wide receivers with your quarterback and then, you know, bring it back with a wide receiver on the other team. Yeah, I think Winston and Ryan are the two that have some game stacking potential. I would say... Ryan more so because we're expecting big things out of the Houston side. New Orleans, not quite so much yeah. for FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, you could bring it back with Michael Thomas. Not going to go wrong there. Anything else at quarterback? Do you have a separate tournament pick? Yeah, I do. Um, I think another game that's going to be sneakier you game stack is this cardinals uh, Bengals game. And, you know, you might not want to watch it. It might be ugly. But I, I do think, you know, it's going to be a fast-paced game. 
Both these teams are top 12 in neutral, uh, situation neutral pace. They're both top seven in situation neutral pass rate too. So, you know, both teams want to play fast, go pass heavy. I like Kyler Murray as the tournament play. Um, 7,400 bucks projected at 8.8% ownership. Bengals 31st in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. They're also 21st in Fando points allowed to quarterbacks. You know, we, we haven't really seen a ceiling game from Kyler Murray yet. He, he's struggled mostly, but you know, I think this is his best matchup yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of breaks out this week. Yeah, I would have felt better about that if Christian Kirk were still in there, but I think you know, it's certainly still possible. Yep. I'm going to settle into that range of QBs that I already mentioned, so uh, yeah. I'll stick with that on, on the tournament side. I'm going to move on to running back now where – Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook are all projected between 26% and 31% ownership on Fanshare. Next on the list, Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon, a little under 10% each of those. So a big gap. Is that going to affect what you do with the top four that I mentioned? Definitely not in cash. And, you know, like I've been saying, probably not in tournaments. I I just want to focus on playing the best guys at running back and not worrying about ownership there. Yeah, I agree with that, especially looking at the matchups for this week. Yep. For my cash running back, though, I'm going to focus on David Montgomery at 5700 bucks. You know, certainly all the expensive guys are in play, but to try to help make that happen, pay down for David Montgomery at 5700 bucks. I don't think that he's a ceiling option for score, although, you know, maybe he does get some more scoring opportunities against Oakland. At 5700 bucks, though, he's fourth in dollars per point among running backs this week. He should be in for another 18-plus carries. He got 21 last week. We saw Mike Davis was a healthy scratch. So even if Mike Davis is active now, it's clear that he's not going to be at the center of the backfield plans as he was to open the season. The snap share has increased every week for David Montgomery. He saw a season-high five targets last week. The Raiders' run defense is kind of odd. Football Outsiders has them rated ninth best in run defense efficiency. Pro Football Focus, though, grades them third worst in the league. Mm-hmm. So let's assume that they're somewhere in there, and that makes it at at worst a neutral matchup for David Montgomery. The only individual strong run defense grades on that entire defense are safety Carl Joseph, part-time cornerback Trayvon Mullen, mm-hmm. and linebacker Tahir Whitehead. So if two of your three best run defenders are defensive backs, I'll take David mm-hmm. Montgomery going up against them. And of course, I'll take him on a team that's five-point favorite with its backup quarterback this week. Yep, love the Montgomery call. I feel like he's mispriced. I mean, I feel like he should be at least like 6000 bucks. so take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. David Johnson is my favorite cash play on FanDuel at 6800 bucks. The usage has been good. He's seen 20-plus opportunities in three of his four games, and the matchup here is awesome. The Bengals are 22nd in Football Outsiders run defense rankings, and they're 30th in Football Outsiders running back coverage rankings, so I think you know Johnson has upside on the ground and in the passing game this week. Yeah, they have bad linebackers, the Bengals do so David Johnson should be a key for Arizona trying to exploit the weakness of that defense this week yep on the tournament side I got Derrick Henry at 6,700 bucks I think he is fine for cash as well I mentioned him here because I think his ceiling is one of the most attractive on the slate this week I cannot see the Bills jumping out to a big lead in this game and I think that would be the only thing that might give Derrick Henry any trouble and even then he has carried no fewer than 15 times in any game so far despite Tennessee losing two of the four games Mm -hmm. and one of those losses coming by 13 points. Henry still had 15 carries in that game. So he's going to get the ball. Assuming that they don't fall behind the Bills, he's going to get the ball a ton. Buffalo is much stronger against the pass than the run on defense. The Titans threw more early last week against the Falcons because the Falcons are the opposite. They're tougher on the run than the pass this year. And yet Derrick Henry, despite only carrying nine times in the first half, 
still finished that game with 27 rushes, same number as Marcus Mariota's pass attempts. I think there's two touchdown upside to him in this game. And the Bills are one of nine teams in the league that have allowed at least as many rushing touchdowns as they have passing touchdowns so far this year. Yep. Henry's my tournament play too here on FanDuel. Um, I think he's as good a carry bet as any running back on the main slate, at least. I think we don't, we don't know if the Bills run D is good. I mean, you you look at the overall numbers and they've held running backs to 4.1 yards per carry, but three of their games have been against the Jets, the Bengals and the Patriots who are, you know, three struggling running games. In the other contest, the Bills gave up 5.9 yards per carry to Saquon Barkley. Like you said, you know, according to Football Outsiders and PFF, they're tougher against the pass than the run. Football Outsiders has them 25th in run defense rankings. PFF has them 23rd. Yeah. So I think at best, they're uh, an average run D and probably worse. I mean, yep. 4.1 yards per carry. We'll take that for <laughs> uh, for a run defense. Sure. Yep. All right. Wide receiver then on the cash side. Larry Fitzgerald at 5,800. It's, it, it's going to be a chalky play and one of the chalkiest plays at any position most likely, but really kind of tough to avoid at that price yep. in his situation, at least in a good spot for cash. Christian Kirk, Demir Bird likely to miss the game. It's a positive matchup with the Bengals defensively, and Larry Fitzgerald should be in for plenty of targets. I do think that he might be a tournament fade, though. The matchup is not as awesome as it, it might seem. Bengals are actually a negative wide receiver matchup. According to our adjusted fantasy points allowed, they will have allowed the sixth fewest fan duel points to wide receivers. However, I think a volume I think volume has been a big factor there because wideouts have a 71% catch rate against the Bengals. They've faced Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. The Bengals have faced the second fewest pass attempts in the league so far. Only the 49ers have seen fewer total and the 49ers have played 3 games. Yeah, and, and volume shouldn't be a problem for Fitz in this game. He's already 10th among wide receivers and targets, and with no Christian Kirk, no Demir Bird. I mean, I think Fitz is a good bet for double-digit targets here. So, yeah, he, he's also my top cash game play. The other wide receiver I wanted to mention is Golden Tate because he's priced at the minimum at 4500 bucks. There's obviously some risk with Tate in his first game with the Giants. The matchup's not ideal against Minnesota, but I think he's going to be involved. And, and at 4500 bucks, you know, there's not a whole lot of risk with him. I agree with that. On the Kearney side, I like either Bucks receiver, as I mentioned. James Winston coming off two straight games of 380 plus yards. I think even if you don't like him, it's easy to like his wideouts. The Saints are weak in coverage at every single spot in the secondary. Mike Evans torched the Saints last year, 11 catches, 233 yards and a touchdown on just 13 targets. He's headed for a matchup with Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore has allowed more receiving yards than any other cornerback in the league so far this year. New Orleans collectively is allowing the sixth most wide receiver points third most points to slot receivers. That's where Chris Godwin plays more than half the time, spent 61% of his time in the slot so far. According to Pro Football Focus, that would mean a primary matchup with P.J. Williams, who has been a targeted corner by other opponents. And the surprising part for me is that ownership projections for both of these Bucks wideouts is under 8% right now, which I'm shocked coming off their big offensive yeah. performance at the Rams last week. Yeah, I think it's like the Rams wide receivers where, you know, just having multiple guys, people don't know who to play. So they both sort of, you know, come in lower own than they should. Mm-hmm. I like Tyler Boyd for tournaments. I think even on FanDuel, you know, Auden Tate isn't quite as big of a value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings, but I do think he's going to be higher owned than Tyler Boyd. FanShare projects Boyd at just 6.2% ownership. I mean, he's still the number one wide receiver here. Last week was Boyd's first game of the season without double digit targets. 
I think he has a good chance to get back in the double digits this week again. I like this Cardinals-Bengals game with the pace that both teams play at. You know, the Cardinals still a secondary we want to attack with no Patrick Peterson for, what, a couple more weeks here. And Arizona has allowed the second most fantasy points to slot receivers, which is where Boyd is still running most of his routes. Yeah, I like that. So we'll go over to tight end because I have another Bengal to talk about here. And here is how far it's gone with the Cardinals matchup against tight ends. Tyler Eifert is projected to be the ninth most highly owned player at any position on FanDuel this week, fifth most highly owned player at any position on DraftKings. He's 4,600 on FanDuel. You know, we already, we talked about him on the DraftKings podcast as well. The price, you have to consider him based on the price and the matchup. The Cardinals dumped safety DJ Swearinger this week. That's how poorly they feel he's done in tight end coverage so far. That just means that they're going to replace him with somebody who has not been able to beat out DJ Swearinger yet. It's either going to be a rookie or a journeyman Chris Banjo. Either way, the Cardinals are going to have to show that they're changing something in tight end coverage. And with all of the wide receiver injuries, you know, with Alden Tate, Damian Willis starting, it only helps the target outlook for Tyler Eifert, even though he is a halftime player versus most starting tight ends. Yeah, I think it would make a lot of sense for the Bengals to increase his playing time with with John Ross out. We'll see. So for me in cash, it's either Tyler Eifert at 4,600 or paying all the way up to Zach Ertz at 6,600 bucks. Um, and, you know, you don't have to make an argument for Zach Ertz. He's, you know, one of the better volume bets among tight ends. The Eagles have the highest implied total of the week at 29 points. So it's either, you know, just depending on your line of construction, if you want to pay up for Ertz or go down to Eifert. Yeah, I say Zach Ertz if I can afford it. Eifert if I need the savings. Yep. If I've got money left over in between, Greg Olson's fine at 5700 bucks. If you look at our dollars per point rankings, it's Tyler Eifert and three guys that are over $6,000 in salary. So it's not... I don't think it's a particularly attractive week for picking a tight end. Yeah, I agree. At least in cash, I think you you know go up to Ertz or or go cheap with Eifert. In tournaments, though, I like Jimmy Graham at fifty five hundred bucks. I think he's going to play a pretty big role on Sunday, assuming Devontae Adams is out with his toe injury. We saw Graham get targeted on four of Aaron Rodgers' sixteen pass attempts after Adams left last week's game. I think he could see a similar target share against the Cowboys, who are tougher against wide receivers than tight ends. Football Outsiders has Dallas top fifteen against each of the three wide receiver spots, but they're twenty first in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. Yeah, Zach Ertz is going to be my primary tournament tight end, even if I'm not playing Carson Wentz. If I am not looking to pay up that much in a particular lineup though i think dawson knox is an interesting pivot from tyler eifert he's 4800 bucks pro football focus has safety kevin byard for the titans as the worst graded among their primary tight end coverage guys for the week james o'shaughnessy at 4500 bucks is another one panthers are strong in wide receiver coverage weak against tight ends similar to what you said for the cowboys against the packers and o'shaughnessy scored touchdowns in two straight games so we know that that's a possibility for him. And I agree with you that Jimmy Graham is squarely within consideration at this position as well. Nice. Flex, what do you like this week? So Flex, for cash games, you mentioned David Montgomery. I like him and Flex. If you can go up, you know, about a thousand bucks, I think Aaron Jones at 6,800 bucks makes sense, assuming Jamal Williams is out. And then Leonard Fournette is still at 6,900 bucks. You know, he's getting top five running back usage and is still not priced like it. Yeah, I would like to get the Dalvin Cook at 8200 if I can afford it. You know, we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about those high price guys. That's because yeah. they're always in play and you kind of get to the end and see if you have enough money to afford one of those players. Yep, exactly. I think in a tournament, I might consider some Carlos Hyde at 5600 bucks <laughs> in a in a lineup. We'll see. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler also interesting for tournament consideration because I think the question of who gets the ball more this week 
is going to lower the ownership on both players, but there's room for both of them to score, I think, in that matchup with Denver. And yeah. if you do get the right one who leads the team and touches this weekend, it could be a big game. Yeah, I agree. I think both those guys are interesting tournament plays just, you know, without knowing what the workload split's going to be like. I like these boom bust wide receivers that are under 6000 bucks on Fandle for tournaments. You got Will Fuller at 5700 Calvin Ridley, 5400 Marquise Brown still down there at 5400 all, all three of those guys have disappointed the past couple of weeks now, but I think they all have, you know, big upside this week and, and, and really most weeks just because how they're used. And receivers in your flex spot on FanDuel this week. Are you feeling okay? Turning only, turning only. It'll, it'll be it'll be running back in my cash lineup. All right. Over on defense, the Patriots are headed for the highest owned rate despite easily the highest price by a wide margin. It's probably worth trying to get yeah. a Patriots lineup if you are building multiple lineups because, you know, it's them and they're playing Washington. And we just learned during this recording that Washington is going to start Colt McCoy at quarterback. Oh, nice, nice. The Titans are the only other one projected for double-digit ownership, so I don't really think, beyond the Patriots, I don't think that ownership projections should really factor in. I think the Eagles are a solid option at 4900 against Luke Falk, and I think that the Buccaneers are your sneaky option at 3500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay has, has scored at least eight FanDuel points in every week so far, even while allowing 30-plus points to each of their past two opponents. On the main slate, only the Patriots, Bears, and Jets have scored more fantasy points per game so far than the Bucks have. And of course, the Jets did that with two touchdowns, one on special teams, one on defense against the Patriots late. The Bucks are playing well in run D. They're playing well in the pass rush. The one place where they're the weakest is in the secondary, and that's like the one area that the Saints are ill-equipped to actually exploit a weakness. Yeah, I think the Bucks are in play. I think there's a lot of different op- you know, directions you can go at defense this week. And, you know, you mentioned the Eagles and the Patriots. If you want to spend up, I'd throw the Bears in the mix too at five thousand bucks. You know, total mm-hmm. mismatch against the Raiders. Sort of in the middle, the Panthers at forty four hundred. I think they're a good play. And then on the cheap side, in addition to the Bucks, I think the Steelers at thirty four hundred. You know, seems like a safe play. I don't think the Ravens are gonna do big things in Pittsburgh. And then the Bengals at thirty seven hundred bucks. Probably just a tournament play. But you know, we've we've seen how many sacks the Cardinals are giving up. So you know, I think the Bengals have some upside. Yeah, I think if I were in that range, I would look Bengals and Bucks more than the Steelers because I, I I do think it's quite possible. I think out of all those opponents, the Ravens have the best chance of exploding points wise. I think the downside with the Steelers is just you know the Ravens run forty times and Lamar Jackson only drops back twenty five times and that just you know hurts the, the interception mm-hmm. and the sack upside. Yeah, certainly potential reward to all the risk in that range. Yep. That's going to do it for this week five edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week five rankings, complete with the FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 